my podcast Storked, S-T-O-R-K apostrophe D is about alternative families. It's like, let's talk about what your family looks like. Let's talk about why family looks like. Let's talk about all the ways in which we can build and create our family lives. And what I'm just learning is that anyone, anyone you talk to will have some beautiful, incredible, wild story to tell about their family experiences. Hey, midlifers, welcome to the Midlife Makeover Show. Are you ready to break free from your mundane midlife? Are you feeling trapped in a vicious cycle of rinse and repeat days? No matter if you're experiencing a divorce hangover, job burnout, or you just have the midlife blues, I got you. Hey, I'm Wendy, your hostess of the Midlife Mostess. I too was hit by midlife like a freight train. I too felt stuck in the same dull chapter. I wanted the clarity of how to create a new life beyond divorce and the courage to leave an unfulfilling career. But I kept telling myself that I wasn't worthy and it was just easier to stay in my comfort zone until I found a little secret, the freedom to live my life my way. In this podcast, you will learn how to achieve a vibrant midlife mind and body, how to create solid relationships through love and loss, and how to create an awesome second half of life. Grab your grande latte, pop in your earbuds, and let's get this midlife party started. Welcome back to the Midlife Makeover Show, everyone. We are recording the show right here at Grand Teton National Park in Wyoming. It's been a fun few days here at Grand Teton with hiking, sightseeing, and trying not to get eaten by bears. Seriously. (laughs) I was informed that in order to scare away the bears, you are supposed to make noise or talk while you're hiking. Y'all know that wasn't difficult for me to do. (laughs) I was walking and talking so much that I almost lost my voice. That would be awful. I mean, how would I record the show? Ah! Anyway, I obviously didn't get eaten by bears. So I either scared the bears away. Or they got so annoyed with me running my mouth, they jumped off the mountains of Grand Teton. (laughs) Besides having fun days, I had productive days too. I had two awesome interviews, which one of them you will hear today, and the next one you will hear on Monday. I also completed a huge goal this week that I want to share with all of you. Drum roll, please. I finished my book proposal. Woohoo! I started the book proposal back in March and it's been such an awesome journey. For now, the book is titled From Midlife Crisis to Midlife Awakening, Seven Steps to Reinvent Your Life. Ooh, you likey, you likey, I likey. All right, so now what? Well, the book proposal will be sent to my agent, and hopefully she will like it, fingers crossed, and then the proposal will be presented to book publishers for a book deal. Send good vibes, everyone, that we get a good book dealio. Woo! I say we because this book is being written for all of us midlifers here. I wrote this book to help all of us become our greatest selves in life. The book is not just a book, though. Oh, no, no, no. I am creating an entire suite of products to go along with the book. There will be a companion book, a journal, card decks, an online course, a group coaching program, and 
a midlife makeover retreat. Wouldn't that be fabulous? A retreat where we can all meet, help, and support one another to create our next best chapter in life. Ooh, yeah, I can't wait for that. All in all, lots of good stuff up ahead for all of you. I want to give a shout out to my beautiful, amazing, sweet, and incredibly brilliant book coach, Amy Schur. I could not have completed this book proposal without her. Amy Schur is the best-selling and award-winning author of four books, you guys. She has written, This is How I Save My Life, How to Heal Yourself from Depression When No One Else Can, How to Heal Yourself from Anxiety When No One Else Can, How to Heal Yourself When No One Else Can. And she also has an essay featured in Eat, Pray, Love, Made Me Do It. I have read two of her books so far, and they are incredible. Go to amybsure.com to find out more about her awesomeness. Check out her healing and writing classes, and of course, buy her books. I will leave links for you in the show notes as well. In conclusion, Amy is extraordinary, and I am beyond grateful for her. I should have Amy on the show soon so you can meet her. Yeah. All right. I will keep you posted about the book. Make sure you follow me on Instagram at Wendy Valentine or the Midlife Makeover Show and sign up for the Midlife News at themidlifenews.com to be notified first of the book launch and the sweet suite of products that will go along with it. I'm planning on doing a book tour in the RV, you guys. <laughs> How funny is that? I'd love to meet you at a book signing one day. That would be cool. I'm getting excited to finally make this dream come true. Speaking of going after your dreams, today's guest did just that and then some. Today's guest is Julia Carroll, a mom, creative leader, warm friend, animal lover, champion of alternative families, and host of the podcast, Storked. Julia is building a family her way. Along the way, she is asking anyone and everyone about how they came to make the decisions they did regarding family life. She's opening up an honest, funny, raw, and earnest conversation looking at what creating a family really means and how it might show up differently than expected on her podcast, Storked. Join Julia as she explores the concept of modern alternative families. Episodes feature everyday friends, family, neighbors, and experts sharing their own journey to define and create a family. On today's episode, you will learn about Julia's beautiful family story, her awesome podcast, Storked, and you will also hear my family story and how it has evolved over the decades into what it is now. Enjoy the show. Julia Carroll, fellow midlifer, fellow podcaster, fellow mummy. <laughs> Welcome to the Midlife Makeover Show. I'm so happy to have you here. And I'm just going to make a prediction. You and I are going to have a great conversation because and I'm going to have you share what your show is all about, but it's basically all about kind of redefining family and living life your way, right? And uh, for me, 
my family of what has come to be throughout the decades does not fit the perfect mold. So I can totally relate. I love it. <laughs> You're yes. me on your show. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, welcome to the show. Tell everyone a little bit more about you and how Storked Podcast came to be. Oh, I would love to. Well, thank you. I know we're going to have fun um, just because the energy is already amazing in this conversation. Um, I am, you said it, I am a fellow midlife crisis, midlife joy, whatever you want to call it, all of the things. Um, And so I am also a champion for alternative families. And I love when somebody says, my family doesn't look the way it's supposed to, or the way I thought it would, or whatever, because guess what? I have very few people that I know who say, you know what? My family looks exactly as I thought it was going to, right? We talk about alternative families as this thing that is by definition, alternative or unusual. And statistically, it is not unusual. What's unusual is the method, the the type of family, the um, image of family that we all grew up with is expecting it to be the norm. That's not normal at all. Nobody has that. Um, So we'll talk about that. But my podcast, Storked, S-T-O-R-K, apostrophe D, is about alternative families. It's like, let's talk about what your family looks like. Let's talk about why a family looks like. Let's talk about all the ways in which we can build and create our family lives. And what I'm just learning is that anyone, anyone you talk to will have some beautiful, incredible, wild story to tell about their family experiences. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It's a really fun topic to dive into and it's got like endless possibilities. I want to hear more about yours. Um, from what I've seen on Instagram and other places, it's, there's a lot to uncover. Um, I'll tell you a little bit about my family and how it got started. And that is, you tell me if this counts as midlife, but mid thirties, I had a big breakup Mm. and I was like, I want a family. I need a family. And like, what am I going to do now? And so I spent a lot of the time wrestling with the demons around that. And, you know, the first thing I had to do was like, get over my significant sadness over losing this relationship only to uncover that what was under the sadness was fear that I wasn't going to have a family. Mm. Right. It was never about the guy. It was never about him. In fact, he's, he's a fine, lovely guy, but like never was not going to be my person. I didn't know that, you know, I thought 35, this is the person I have to marry because that's what you do in your mid thirties, preferably earlier if you can. And, um, then I went through a long process of dating a whole bunch of maniacs, losers, and bozos. And, um, getting right with myself about who I am and what I want. And I ultimately decided I just want a family. So I embarked on a solo parent by choice journey. And I now have an almost two-year-old, um, to do that. I said, okay, let me talk to people. Let me talk to people who are dating divorced people and blending families. Let me talk to people who have chosen not to have kids. Let me talk to people who have chosen to adopt um, or to do it in any number of ways. And that was the genesis of the podcast. Those conversations were just too good not to share with the world. Wow. What a great story. And kudos to you for having the courage to actually redefine family and your life. And that's a big leap. Is and it was at the time, and in hindsight, it's just an inevitability. It's like mm-hmm. you know, when you settle into whatever path is your path, whether it looks the way you thought it would or not, when it's the right path, you're like, Oh, it was here all along. Yeah. Like it was always meant to be that I do this. I didn't know that, 
Um, yeah. so the, the grappling was with the, the distance I felt between what I thought I wanted and what I actually wanted and needed reconciling that distance was the hard stuff. Once I sat with it and got comfortable with, okay, I'm going down this path. Everything felt right. Everything mm-hmm. felt like a sigh of relief or a calm that washed over you. Like, oh yeah, this isn't is it. that interesting though. Yeah. I'm glad that you said that because I feel like that how it's been for me too. It's just that once I took the leap, I was like, God, it, it might seem strange to everybody else, but for some reason, this just feels right. It feels good. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I was thinking back of like, uh, just back in the 1950s, the way the family was supposed to be right. It's one boy, one girl living in a little house with two cars and, you know, the leave it to beaver thing. And I can remember even watching what the Brady Bunch, right? And even that was like, whoa, that was wait, these are, they, they, bl- it's a blended family and there's yeah. six of them. Like, oh my gosh, you know? And then look at us now, how there's so many different ways of being a family and what family means to each person is something different. So, and what I find too, especially at midlife is, when you, when you get to, you know, in your forties and fifties, you become a little bit more curious, your curiosity Mm -hmm. awakens and you're like, wait, is that what I really think? Is that what I really believe? And, and you kind of like take this, uh, you kind of like zoom out, right? Uh, Look at your life and you look at society and like, is this what I really think? And like, maybe I'll change this. And that, and it's basically giving yourself that permission to to make those changes. And I think that's what I have found um, with a lot of the people that reach out to me. They want, they're craving something different. They basically, for the most part, they know what they want, but they're just lacking the courage to go for it. So how did you get that courage, if you will, to to make that leap in your new life? Let me first react and say, you're totally right. It's about giving yourself mm. permission. Yeah. And I think um, the people that reach out to me about families or that I talk to with the podcast all say the same thing, that there was this, exactly as you articulated it, this thing that I wanted or hoped for. And maybe life got in the way in some way. Maybe it was infertility. Maybe it was you know something that, a divorce that I wasn't expecting or didn't plan for. And I had to pivot around it. So I think one of the differences between family building and um, midlife is that midlife is a general awakening to who you really are at your core. Mm -hmm. And family building often requires adjusting to the world around you while maintaining who you are at your core. And so it's a both Mm -hmm. and, and, right? Because we can't help fertility. We can't help divorce. We can't help Mm -hmm. grief and loss. You know, when you lose a loved one, a parent, a a child, a partner, I mean, you can't help those things. And so you have to work around those. It's Mm -hmm. a lot easier when you know who you are and your core values and what you want from life. But that's not easy. Um, yeah, I know. Right? I know. <laughs> that is not easy. I'm a work in progress over here, you know? <laughs> I know. It doesn't feel like, I do want to answer your question, but does it ever feel like whack-a-mole? We're like, okay, I figured out this part. Now I yes. figured out my family stuff. I feel awesome about my family choices. And now like, 
maybe I have to go date again. Oh, Jesus. Or like, maybe I need to go figure out some element of my career that needs to evolve or my, where I want to live or like, you know, a relationship with a sibling or a friend that needs to evolve. And it's like, didn't I just go through the hard stuff of figuring out this thing? Is that sufficient? (laughs) Well, and I always think about like uh, the statue of David, right? And, um, and you're basically carving away at the things that is not the statue, the things that is not, that are not you, right? And so there's a lot of carving, I guess, if you will, that kind of goes on between your mid thirties and your mid fifties. You're like, that didn't work. That didn't work. Let yes. me carve away at that and carve away at that until you finally get the statue yourself, your true, your true essence, if you will. But uh, wait, what was the question I asked you? I forgot now. I think you were asking about the process of carving. Like, how did I get to that? Yeah, and I do yes, think the carving the courage, can like the courage. Yeah, I feel like I'm a really inept sculptor, right? Like, oops, there goes an arm. You know, <laughs> <laughs> oh, there goes the nose. I guess we're like the sculpture is not going to have those things. Um, <laughs> and so it, it's it's often not that there's this artistic vision, but there's just like, oh, I guess we're here now. Um, yeah. But for me. One of the things I did was I did coaching, which I know is a, a tool that you offer clients and is yeah. such an important tool if you can afford it. Yeah. And if you can't, I mean, books, health help books and podcasts and um, other tools like that can be a really free and wonderful resource. Mm. Um, I did a lot of journaling. I yes. did a lot of meditation. So a lot of things that were accessible to all. And then a couple of things that were less accessible, like I put a lot of money into going on a trip to Peru. Um, and that was this culminating cumulative thing where I just sat on a mountaintop and said, you know, okay, these are my most desired things. And when you're all by yourself in the middle of the wilderness, what you really want comes clear in a different way. And that can be whether you're like at the park down the street or, you know, you actually fly to another country and climb a mountain. Um, so yeah, it was a lot of that. And it was a lot of just like, sometimes the thing, or at least for me, the thing that was the thing I truly wanted had to first be digested as like, oh, there's a possibility out there. Like there are people that do this on their own. Maybe I'll do it. And it was a joke. And then it was like, okay, well, let's explore that a little bit. Let's explore it a little bit more until the thing that was this like backup plan, remote possibility in the back of my mind is just like, if I have to do this, I will became, oh, I'm really excited to do this. This is my thing. Um, so I, I think it takes time. I just think it takes time. Yeah. So interesting story about me, uh, kind of like what I was sharing. I don't yeah. fit the perfect mold and I never have, and I've been okay with it. I, I, I believe this is my belief. There are no mistakes in life. There are retakes for sure, but, and I have zero regrets in my life. And I just believe it's like things happen the way they're supposed to happen. Right. And, and I'm, as I look back at my life, I'm so glad that I did the things that I did. And even the relationships, even if they were toxic relationships, I was like, okay, well, that taught me something. It led me to this person and led me to where I'm at right now. Right. So I had a child at the age of 19. I was a single mom. And I tell you what, now what, what I was reading about you and your bio and all that, I was like, oh, single mom. Like those were my greatest times. Mm -hmm. I loved being a single mom. It was just my son, Alex and I, we were just like little buds, you know? Okay. I'm freaking out because my son's name is Xander, uh, which is short for Alexander. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And his is actually Alexander. Alexander the Great. Yeah. That is too funny. Yeah. And so 
I, I loved being even, and you know what? I was the poorest. I was, I, I, I mean, I had no money. I was scraping as a single mom, as a teenager. And, but we had the greatest time together. And I think it was a lot about just, we were both kids, if you will, you know, I mean, I had to grow up pretty fast. Um, but I loved it. I loved, um, I loved having that kind of one-on-one as a parent with Mm -hmm. him. And then, um, so speaking of like society, like I, I had this guilt though. It was always kind of in the back of like, I should be married. I'm supposed to be married. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. yep. So was sure that enough, guilt yeah, driven by a feeling that you needed to give your child a dad or a feeling that like people are looking at you funny because you don't have a partner or like a desire to be partnered and connect? I think it was more the latter. So Alex, yeah. still, you know, has had his dad, has his dad. Um, we weren't together. But then, yeah, I felt like I think for society, for the norm, I felt like, I, like as if something was missing, like, oh, I don't look like I'm put mm-hmm. together. I don't look complete. I don't, whatever. I don't know. And I, that was like my main goal was like, I just got to find someone. And that's what I did. And I ended up married. So like he proposed in two weeks. Wait, two weeks. I'm, I'm like, sorry. Okay. What? Somebody proposed to you after you knew them for two weeks? Two weeks. <laughs> That's astounding. I've never heard anything that fast. I was like, okay. So yes, got married, got pregnant again. And I mean, my kids are like the greatest gifts to me. So again, no mistakes. Everything worked out the way it was supposed to work out. But after I was pregnant, I was like, ooh, whoopsie. What and I knew also in the back of my mind that voice was like I that voice that we we try to shut out for so long because we don't think it's the voice you're supposed to listen to, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. And um until finally that voice gets so freaking loud that it's screaming at you, you know. And that unfortunately my my voice was not screaming at me until probably in my 40s, you know. I was like, okay, fine finally listen to you. But yeah, so then divorced him. And unfortunately, shortly after we divorced, he passed away. He was passed away at the age of 26 years old, which was pretty crazy to go through. Yeah. And then did get married again. So, okay. Two marriages at this point. And then, um, had it actually, you know, we were married for almost let's see, almost 20 years and then divorced a few years ago. Yeah. So, and then had another child. So I have three children, three different fathers, but I tell you what, you know, one, one of the things I love about my kids is that they don't look at each other as like half brothers or anything. They are brothers. They're that's, that's our family. So, I and I think that, and I've never like made it seem like, okay, well, you're different than this one and this one, and this one. They never think of it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, they are so close. They are like the coolest. Um, and the four of us have an amazing time together and we love like taking vacations. And so I, I think I love the fact it's about defining what family is to you. 
even when the family changes, right? Like mine, I totally That's what I was going to say is what I love about your family story is that what family <laughs> meant to you at any given point yes. was, was allowed to evolve. Yes. Sometimes we lock ourselves, particularly my married friends who are unhappy and it's not a lot of them. And, um, but yeah. you lock yourself into, this is the way I, I am supposed to be. This is the way it right. worked well for me. Mm-hmm. whenever. And then you don't let yourself grow and evolve and become the next version of the sculpture that you're supposed to be. Right. Um, the same thing can happen with a solo mom by choice is, you know, you hold on to the identity that I'm doing this alone. And then the perfect person walks in and you say, well, I can't let you parent my child because I am a yes. solo parent. You know, whatever it is that we choose to hold on to as our identity has to evolve. Yeah. And that's true for our family lives. And so here you are, you've got three or four yeah. evolutions of your family life and each one sounds unique, different, special in its own way, joyful in its own way. I mean, I have personally have a lot of questions to ask about what the parenting experience was like in each one of those scenarios, but we'll save that for another conversation. Um, yeah, I also yeah, think it's, it's interesting too, when you, uh, allow what society tells you it should be right to oh, drive yeah. major decisions, right? I have never personally felt that society tells me I should be married. I should be married. That has yep. never been mm-hmm. my driving force. Do I would I have wanted to be married and have a loving partnership? Oh, of course. Yeah. But I don't feel lesser than because I'm not married. In fact, I make people a lot, very comfortable. Sometimes they'll ask, where's your partner? And I'm like, I don't have one. And they're like, <laughs> they squirm because they think they've made me uncomfortable. They think right, they exactly. brought up something yeah. sensitive. It's not sensitive. I've chosen this. This is awesome. Yeah. Like get on board. Um, but yeah, I think that's fair. And I, I feel too, I don't know. This just kind of popped my mind. Through family, you you do end up discovering more about yourself and who you are and how you love and how you receive and what what life means to you. I mean, family is it's a lot more than we think. We it's we don't very rarely do we kind of step out of it and take a look at it and what does family mean to us and and family is not just our kids and spouse or partner family is our, you know, include obviously includes your parents and aunts and uncles. And like my aunt Annie is like, she's like a second mom to me. So mm-hmm. that's family, you know? And so it, it's interesting. I, and I, as I see just like on social media and I very rarely watch TV, but, but just what's going on in the world and all the changes and all the different types of families and who's to say what is right and what is wrong. Like it's, it just is, it's right. As long as it's right for you. It's weird. We live at a time where more and more people are choosing to very vocally define their families in whatever way makes sense for them. Mm -hmm. Here's my partner. Here's my wife. Here's my husband. Here are my multiple girlfriends. You know, that's that's common now among the Gen Z. Um, You know, I'm solo. I'm not solo. Whatever, whatever it is I've adopted, I'm fostering, whatever it is, it's all become culturally more accepted Uh and legally less available. Right. Mm -hmm. It's like there's, there's this confluence of a push pull between a society that says, this is what it should look like that you leave it to beaver and no longer are they leaving it on the television screens. They're taking it into our politics Um, and right. And even as more and more people are choosing things that work for them. And so it's, it's a very weird time to be defining your own family. Yeah. Um, Right. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's not as black and white as what it used to be yeah. or what we felt like we had to fit into a certain box in order to be accepted. Totally. And I think that's the like that's the word accept that's my word of the year is acceptance. Just kind of accepting things as they are, myself, uh the world, whatever's going. On. And it's so it's I tell you what, though, it brings so much more relief to me and I can relax a little bit more into life when you just accept. And I, I think, too, um, I mean, I know there's a lot of some of my my top episodes are about divorce. There's a lot of people getting divorced. They want to get divorced. And uh, speaking of, I think, God, I don't know, maybe it was yesterday's show I had, which was pretty cool. I had Tom Cruise's uh, divorce attorney on the I show. I saw that. Yeah, so she, cool. She was, so, she was such a... She's such a neat lady. Uh, Michael Douglas also is one of her um, clients. But I asked her opinion about staying in the marriage for the sake of the children. And she was like, no, like you don't, because if that child can receive more harm by you staying in that, in a toxic relationship, um, instead of just, I mean, like, why don't, why is, why is it that society thinks that, or even we all might think that if you're a single mom or a single dad, that that's a bad thing, that, that, that the child's not going to receive enough, you know? And I, and so some people will stay in the marriage for certain reasons, you know, whether it be for financial reasons, because of um, actually culture, you know, because of different cultures, like you must stay in this marriage, like, or we're going to kick you out of the entire family if you get a divorce, but whatever the reasons are, people will stay in it and they're just miserable. It's fear-mongering yeah. to some extent. It's saying, you know, you cannot be happy if you're not partnered. Right. Um, and yes. that we know is not true. Both of us yep. know that from different life paths. Um, yep. I think it is very threatening when you say, you know what? I am totally content with my life and actually yeah. feeling a lot of joy and I'm not partnered. I mean, that yeah. scares people. I know. Um, right? It's. I don't know why, but it is very triggering. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the whole, like, uh, the t- <laughs> speaking of Tom Cruise, <laughs> just the you complete me thing. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. And being complete on your own. And I had shared with um, Marilyn on the, the show the other day that uh, I just totally lost <laughs> my train of thought. Oh, that's what it was. Oh, I told her, I said, you know, the greatest things I did for myself was to actually get a divorce and marry myself. Yeah. And I love that. Yeah. And I, I mean, I, I knew all along that one common thread that I had through all those relationships and the marriages was I didn't love Wendy. I did mm-hmm. not think that I was complete on my own. Now I do. Now well, I, I think- don't. Yeah. I think it comes down to self-awareness and self-love because I have many people in my life who say, I am a whole and complete person and I'm happier in partnership with my loved one. Yes. And that's awesome. Right. And so I'm not advocating that everyone get divorced, everyone stay single, avoid marriage, Um, because it's not true for everyone that that's the right choice, right? It's not the right fit. Um, And if I had a partner that would make my complete happy self even more happy in partnership, you know, I'd be with that person. Right. Right. Um, in the same way that people sometimes think I'm advocating that everyone become a single mom. 
Yes. While I love being a single mom and you articulated that you loved it too, um, it is not for everyone. And no. it is totally appropriate for someone to say, I know myself and I would want to do this partnered with somebody Yes, for all exactly. the reasons, you know, I get to see my partner grow and change and the way parenting changes them. I yep. um, get to see our relationship evolve. I get to see the way in which our hearts grow together. I like, get to create a big loving family. I mean, there's a lot yes. of reasons to love partnership. It doesn't mean that my family is less complete than right. yours. And also right. doesn't mean that you should do what I did. Um, exactly. Yep. Yep. And I totally it, agree. It, yeah. It, yeah. It's, it's whatever you want. Like I said, there's no yes. right or wrong way. It's whatever is right to you. I was now I, I look at having a partner is um, like a cake, right? You have the cake with the icing. He's the sprinkles. I'd be just fine with the cake and the frosting. Um, but the sprinkles just makes it a little bit more colorful. Totally. And I like that analogy better than the icing on the cake, because let's face it, cake isn't as tasty without icing. (laughs) And that's, you know what, that was my belief was that he, the, the partner was the frosting and I had to have that. Otherwise I'm not complete. Right. But now I'm like, no, I'm good. I'm the cake. I'm the frosting. You're the sprinkles. And we all know the sprinkles didn't really add that much flavor to it. I mean, but it just makes it a little bit more colorful and a little bit more exciting. Add some joy. Yeah. Yeah. I want to go back to um, when you were talking about, you went to Peru, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And so when I took off in the RV, I took off by myself. I did a solo. Oh, rough, rough. It's okay. (laughs) I did a solo trip in the RV. And it's funny because a lot of people on social media, they would ask me, do you, are you lonely? Are you lonely? They, they were so worried about all of that. And I shared with them that, you know, there's a difference between being alone and lonely. And yeah. And I tell you, I mean, I had the greatest time, you know, if you look back at some of my reels on, on uh, social media, I mean, all my reels, I think are kind of fun, but, um, especially when I was by myself, I mean, it was a blast. I was like, I danced in here. I have a little, you know, dance party by myself. I just had the greatest time. I'd sit here and I'd turn a movie on, drink some wine. And there's something fascinating too. When you, you get quiet with yourself, you don't have the distractions of others and, and, oh, I should be paying attention to this person or that person, but there's, you hear yourself more. Yeah. And when you can just sit alone and just hang, and you, I learned more about myself during that time than any other time in my life. You know, it's interesting. So my Peru trip was not a solo trip, but I did spend time meditating mm-hmm. alone. Yep. Um, but I think it's very hard to find your alone time and thereby find yourself when we have so much social media and mm-hmm. phone addiction. I'm addicted to my phone. And so, you know, there have been times when I've taken myself out to dinner with the intention of spending some quality time with myself. And I sit there for about 10 minutes and I'm like, look at me, I'm so empowered. I can enjoy a meal by myself. (laughs) And then 10 minutes in, I'm like, "Mm, I want to look at social media. I want to check my emails. What else is going on? You know, you know, what's interesting too. um, I also think though, it's like, we're, we're human beings right? And part of being a human being is connecting with other totally. human beings. That's just part of our nature. So it, it, you know, kind of like what you were talking about before, about being a single mom or being in a relationship, there's no right or wrong way. It, it, 
And I think we kind of, it's okay to explore, be curious, kind of like what I was talking about before. Um, and, and to not be scared to leap into something and just give it a, give it a try. I mean, I always, I talk about this a lot about, I think of life as a buffet, right? You go up to the buffet, you, you, you've got your tray there, you're taking things off like, Oh, I've never tried that before. Try it. If you like it, great. Go back for seconds, go back for thirds. If you don't like it now, you know, then you'll, you won't go back for that again. And it's okay to try something. And if it didn't work out, I think, I don't even believe in that statement of something not working out. It it didn't work out because it was supposed to work out <laughs> to a different yeah. direction, right? Yeah. The only adjustment I would make to that analogy, and I agree with it and love it, is that some of us don't have, for various reasons, there's a privilege to having the buffet, right? Yeah. Some of us show up at the buffet and the table's empty, um, yeah. or the food is rotten, or the things that we, or we're allergic, you know, or we've got a gluten allergy. I'm beating this yeah. analogy a little bit to death, but, um, <laughs> right. Yeah. And so sometimes you have to work around what is given to you. And it's not all these like cornucopia of options and you no. just have to pick and choose. It's an adjustment to, okay, what's really available to me. Right. Um, and so I just want to posit that because I think sometimes, particularly when we're talking about life change, we talk about it in the context of it's so joyful, just figure out who you are and go do it. Well, some of us don't have the financial resources or right, you know, the cultural yeah. freedom or, yeah. you know, we're in a situation where we can't get out of it legally, yes. physically, whatever. So yeah, um, yeah everyone's yes. buffet, everyone's buffet looks different, totally, but everyone knows what their buffet looks like. Everyone totally, knows totally. what's, what's available and to not, to not think that you can't have something. If there's yes. something that you truly, truly do want, I do believe that you go for it. Like there, where there's a will, there's a way. I, I, I believe that. And, and yeah, there might be some things in life that are so crazy that no, like I'm not going to be whatever, uh, an Olympic, uh, skier, like, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. but you know, that's not on my buffet line, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I do think it's, to say it's okay. And it's also to give yourself that permission. Totally. To go for it if you want to go for it. And it's that you don't life. need to explain. Yeah. yeah. And you don't need to explain anything to anyone. I, I, I mean, I used to do that. I mean, like, I need to go tell so-and-so I'm doing this and this and this and this. Why? I mean, why was I doing that? Probably because I was seeking approval. hundred percent. Right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. You don't and need permission so, from anyone else to do something. Yeah. I mean, you think about some of the greatest people out there in the world and history that have done these amazing things that where the world was like, that's strange. That's weird. And now we look back at it and go, whoa, of course. Yeah. Like they're a hero. They did yeah. that. So you become your own hero, I think. I mean, you're a hero. I, I think it's amazing what you did. That That took a lot of courage. You know, you say that it didn't feel like courage. It felt like... Yeah. It, it it just felt like this is what I have to do, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, in the same way that you could call yourself a courageous and brave right. for leaving a marriage, but it was what you had to do. Right, exactly. Yep, yeah. So uh, you're in like season five now with the podcast. Yeah, which yeah. Is, and but you still have a day job. I do, yeah. I run a, um, a small finance company in Boston. Oh my um, gosh. Yeah, and so- Busy mom. Know, 
figuring out how to balance it all has been an interesting challenge, but it's, yeah. you have to do the things that fuel you and the, yeah. to be able to pick up the phone or the podcast mic as it is and talk to anyone and say, tell me about your family life. I mean, gosh, it's like <laughs> such it's the best thing in the world. In the same way that you could say, tell me about like these life pivots that you're going through right now yeah. at this stage of life. Um, yeah. Yeah. In fact, I was at the doctor's office getting my blood drawn, routine, physical or whatever. And the woman said, oh, I'm almost 40. I said, oh my gosh, congratulations. It's the best year ever. Um, So you get to talk to people in those moments. It's fun. It's a fun thing to do, huh? I love it. I know. Right. I mean, have you met like the coolest people? The coolest people. And then I get to share those people with others, right? Yeah. Here, listen to this person or let, read my newsletter about what I uncovered or, yep. you know, um, and some of that sharing is broadcast in, in the mm-hmm. way the podcasts are broadcast. But sometimes it's somebody calls me and says, you know, I need help with something. I say, oh, listen to this episode. And if you want to meet this person, I can help introduce you. And you've become yes. this facilitator, this networker. Mm-hmm. And it's just awesome. And there's so much going on in the family building space, whether it's um, great entrepreneurs inventing ideas around family planning and fertility, or whether it's um, advocates making change on behalf of others to ensure Mm. that we're all protected and, um, or, you know, just really cool people writing great books. There's, there's a lot of awesome stuff happening. Yeah. I know. I was, I was scrolling through your episodes and, uh, before we started and I was like, Ooh, I was like so many interesting things and they're all so different. I know. You're like, I know. I know. It's so fun. That's the one thing. It's a little, one thing I don't like about social media is I was advised early on to keep my podcast very narrow and focus on Uh, only one thing, maybe solo moms. And if I did that, I would get more traction in social media. I would get more traction in the podcast. But it's so not true because nobody makes the decision to become a solo mom in a vacuum. You know, yeah. sometimes the decision is made for you. Mm. Um, but if you're thinking about becoming a solo mom, you're thinking, am I going on a fertility journey? Am I going through adoption? Am I dating divorced men? You know, yes. all of these things in the same way that um, it, you, nobody goes through the adoption process in a vacuum. Often you're going through it simultaneously with an infertility journey or right. your divorce happened concurrent with maybe a cancer diagnosis or an inf- yeah. it, like, so it's all intersected. Yeah. Um, so you can't tease it out and say family only means one thing. And yes. so I went broad. I'm loving it. I'm having so much yeah. fun with it, but it doesn't, it's harder for the algorithms to pick up. Yes. Well, it's funny because I was told the same thing, right? There's yeah. riches, there's riches in the niches, as they say. And I, yeah, they were like, oh, well, you must pick midlife, for women, whatever, getting a divorce past the age of 45 and, you know, that have red hair and live in, you know, <laughs> I was like, no, I was like, midlife is about everything. It's yeah. about relationships. It's about defining family. It's about our bodies changing. It's about menopause and perimenopause. It's the whole kitten caboodle. So I was like, yeah. no. And I was like, well, Oprah didn't stick with one tiny little niche, you know? Totally. Oh, like, well, totally. You're not Oprah. I'm like, wow. <laughs> and you know what? It's working for you. And um, <laughs> even if it weren't, right? Even if yeah. people weren't listening as much or yep. um, whatever, there's always going to be one person who an episode touches yeah, um, or a blog right. post touches or something like that. And that's the audience. That one person yes. who says, wait a minute, you know, my midlife experience can be different now because I've witnessed yep. what Wendy's up to, or yep. my family life can be different now that I've seen what Julia's up to and storked. And that's, exactly. that's what we're playing for, right? We're, we're supporting those people. 
Yep, exactly. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Yeah, it, I've always said like if there's just one person out there yeah. that I can help them, you know, change their life or just to help them feel better, just to like, <laughs> oh, okay, I'm not I'm not the oddball over here going through all these changes, you know. So, um, so what's next for you? Oh, that's a great question. I certainly have my hopes and dreams um, that I'm working on manifesting, and we'll see if they come true. I certainly think that the storked concept uh, of just, you know, celebrating and highlighting all sorts of different families. Um, it shouldn't be limited to a podcast, but we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. yeah. I, feel, I feel there's a book coming, coming about with different stories. Yeah. Really yeah. I know. Yes. Uh, so where can we find you? Okay. Well, um, anywhere you listen to podcasts, storked with an apostrophe. Um, we also, I also have a website, storkedpodcast.com and, um, on it, you can subscribe to a newsletter. We just moved to Substack, and I really love that medium. It's just like the writer's medium. It's so fun. So please sign up for the website. Um, I always say, if you listen to a stork story and it resonates with you, share it with somebody because oftentimes family building, you suffer in silence. And if somebody shares you a podcast episode, maybe it's about infertility, then you feel less alone. Um, and storked underscore podcast is on our Instagram handle. Yes. Check her out. I follow you. I'm like, I follow you. Say one more thing too yeah. about, um, it just popped in my mind about midlife because there are some people out there that are raising their grandkids. Yeah, absolutely. And that's yeah. another, another definition of family. So one of the most defining conversations I've had was with a gentleman who, like you, had kids very early. I think his Mm -hmm. first kid was born at age 16. Um, And he was my age and he had three grandbabies. And I was in the middle of a fertility journey wrestling with like, is this ever going to happen for me? And going, wow, you, wow, I wish I had done it the way you did it, you know? Um, (laughs) Because then I would have all these kids and grandkids in my life. And obviously that wasn't my path. Um, but it was a really interesting juxtaposition that we could be the same age and in such different places in our lives because of circumstance and choices. Yes. And so, yeah, I do want to highlight that. Um, yeah. And research says that having your grandbabies in your life makes you live longer. So I can't yes. wait oh, to have grandbabies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, right? I'm like, come on, boy. Let's do it. You've been so awesome. I'm I'm so grateful that I met you. And yeah. I can't wait to see what, what else is around the corner for you. Some good, good stuff. I have a feeling we're going to stay in touch and I really have loved this conversation. So thank you for having me in. Thank you, Julia. All right. Have a great day. You too. And now for the nuggets of midlife wisdom from today's show. Number one, when it's the right path, you realize that it was there all along. It was always meant to be. Number two, give yourself permission to make changes in your life. Number three, One of the differences between family building and midlife is that midlife is a general awakening to who you really are at your core. I agree. And family building often requires adjusting to the world while maintaining who you are at your core. Very well said. Number four, coaching, books, podcasts, journaling, meditation, and other tools accessible to all of us can help you gain the courage and knowledge to become your authentic self and take your next steps of life. Number five, what family means to you at any given moment is allowed to evolve. Number six, 
Sometimes it's not courage per se. It's just what you have to do in your life. Either way, follow your heart. Julia, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being on the show and sharing your story and wisdom with all of us. Make sure you check out Julia's podcast, Storked, and her website too at storkedpodcast.com. Thanks for listening, everyone. The next episode will be recorded from Yellowstone when you get to meet David Roselle, a successful speaker, published author, and founder and president of Roselle Wealth Management. David and I discuss his new book, In the Know, turning your unneeded life insurance policy into serious cash. Ooh, you do not want to miss that episode because he is actually giving all of my listeners, a free copy of his book. How generous and nice is that? This episode will come out on Monday morning, July 3rd. So keep an eye out for that or an ear out, I should say. <laughs> Have a great rest of your week and an awesome weekend. Did this podcast inspire you, challenge you, trigger you to make a change or spit out your coffee laughing? Good. Then there are three ways you can thank me. Number one, you can leave a written review of this podcast on Apple iTunes. Number two, you can take a screenshot of the episode and share it on the social media and tag me, Wendy Valentine. Number three, share it with another midlifer that needs a makeover. You know who I'm talking about. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Get out there and be bold, be free, be you.